even if you're like, well, I'm lost. I don't really have a goal. I don't have a purpose. That's fine. That's, you know, takes a long time to find those things. But I think you focus on the things you can control and you actually do them. I'm personally delusional optimist, but I'm convinced they'll lead you to that thing or those things. Hey everybody, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. We are back for our fourth episode. (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun in this week's Turning the Page series. The annual Turning the Page series is when I sit down with some of your favorite guests from the last 365 to chat about what lessons they're bringing with them into the new year. Each guest gives us some highlights from their past year. They offer up a word that they're focusing on in the new year and then share some advice on how to move through the next 52 weeks with grace and a positive outlook. So far this week, I have chatted with Kira D'Amato, Manaj Diaz, and Kirsten Ferguson. And today I add Case Kenny, mindfulness expert and podcast host of the show New Mindset Who Dis to the roster. You all loved him the first time he was on Hurdle. So I was ecstatic to reconnect with the super inspirational guy for this week's series. In today's episode, Case and I chat about his new life development in which he moved to Miami and what he has his mindset on, no pun intended, for the next year. We talk about the importance of establishing healthy boundaries, and we also chat about how all of us have the opportunity to define and shape what happiness looks for us as individuals. Case also talks about the importance of not getting way too settled into any one routine and offers some insight on habit formation that I know you are going to find pretty interesting. Loved, again, this convo, and I'm really appreciating all of your feedback on this week's series. I would love to see you tag the show on Instagram if you are tuning in, share it with a friend, and while you're at it, make sure to rate it in Apple Podcasts. If you aren't doing so yet, make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I myself am over at Emily Abadi. And if you are not yet subscribed to the weekly Hurdle, the newsletter that comes out every single Friday, the link to do that is also in the show notes. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting back down with Case Kenny. He's a mindfulness expert and podcast host. How are you doing? I'm amazing. How are you doing? Thanks for having me again, by the way. (laughs) Of course. I'm so happy to have you back here. I'm happy to be able to catch up. I know a lot has been going on in your world. How is Miami treating you? Uh, It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've been here for like uh, a week and a half, but it's just very surreal having 
uh, grown up in, in the Midwest and then spent the past like t- 12 winters in the Midwest. It's just very weird to have a very warm tropical winter. So, so far, so good. Um, it's making me very like motivated and energetic, uh, which is uh, different from <laughs> anyone you ask in the Midwest, how the winter makes you feel. So I'm very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> well, catch us up to speed. Why Miami? What's been going on? Give us the 411. Yeah, so I moved here with my girlfriend and um basic I mean basically for for us for me like it was the same mindset. It was like, you know, um our leases were coming up in Chicago, like we wanted new places anyway and we were like what what is the opposite of Chicago that we could do? Um, you know, for a temporary amount of time, I was definitely in Midwestern and I'll be back, but, um, wanted to see like, what would the opposite of Chicago be? I'm very big on like, like mixing things up and like the exercise I always like to do is like, what is the opposite of what I've been doing? What is the opposite of my routine? What is the opposite of how I've been thinking? And let's just try it. Let's just go for it. Um, and that (laughs) landed on Miami. I feel like that's the opposite of Chicago in the winter, at least. And um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. We're fortunate to find a place down here that is really, really nice on South Beach and was furnished and a uh, six month lease. So it was it was very it was perfect. Um, and, you know, I've coupled a bunch of other objectives while I'm down here, including finishing up my existing book, which is coming out in uh, January and then writing another one, which is coming out uh, late next year. So just feeling very uh, energized to do something different and kind of do a nice reset and, you know, at a time in life where I can. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I recognize that. And uh, yeah, just seemed like a really good opportunity. And we drove down here. So it was like a road trip. It was, you know, a lot of shocks to the system. I feel like COVID and, you know, from 2020 to 2020 through today was kind of just the same, the same, the same. So this is a really good opportunity to just, you know, do, do different. I love that exercise. Ask myself, what's the like complete opposite of whatever situation I'm in right now? I also feel as though, I mean, I guess geographically, it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, but to think about like, well, why not now? Like, why does something need to be how it is just because it's always been this way? Yeah, I mean, it's the ultimate question. I mean, the, the idea of the opposite, I actually have a, a, a whole chapter in my new book. And it's something I talk a lot about on the podcast. It's actually I actually stole the idea from Seinfeld. Um, if you watch Seinfeld, it was basically this thing where George was like, frustrated with his life. He's like, man, I just feel like I'm doing the same thing. And it's not really working. I have all these goals and these things. And it's just not working. And he was like, if every thought I've had to date has been wrong, maybe then the opposite would be right. And then he starts just being absurd. He would he'd walk up to women and be like, hi, my name's George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. And it like started to work for him. Kind of like absurd, <laughs> ab- absurdist humor and the fact that, you know, <laughs> he, he has conditioned himself just to be wrong about everything. And, uh, you know, the opposite, no matter how absurd or outlandish or, you know, just weird, uh, turns out to be right for him. And, you know, I'm not saying that myself or anyone in general who has found themselves in routine or habits or comfort is wrong. But I just think there's always value in questioning that and, you know, uh, questioning certainty. I think the idea of certainty is uh, is good in life. It's great to go out and find clarity and certainty, but it could also be dangerous if you accept it for long enough and you lull yourself into a pattern and then you, you wake up <laughs> four years later, and you're like, oh, man, I've been I've been sitting in this in this comfort. So, you know, for me, it's always just, you know, a good gut check of like, am I continuing to go along a path that is growing me, that is challenging me, that is introducing new things into my life, that is enabling me to be curious 
And if the answer is no, then I think, yeah, let's, let's find some ways to introduce some new variables. I don't always suggest packing up moving across the country, but I think there's many different ways. And, you know, for myself, it just presented an opportunity to do that in a, in a somewhat big way for myself. And, uh, you know, feels good. It feels good. You know, it's a privilege to be able to do that, of course. But um, I think it's always it's always a good idea to challenge yourself on what you know to be true and do it yearly. I mean, we're at the end of the year right now. Now is a great time to do an exercise like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, you know, when we when we take a look back at 2022 and can I tell you at the turn of a new year, I am always like, are we going to 24? Are we on 23? Like what's happening here? But when you look back on the past 365, what would you say some of the biggest lessons you learned have been? It's the ultimate self-help topic, right? About how we assign our life's happiness to external goals and validation, right? We say, oh, I'll be happy once I have a partner. I'll be happy once I earn $100,000. I'll be happy once I'm Forbes that are under 30. Like we set these external goals, which are good goals, of course, but then we align our internal happiness to that goal. Um, and it's the ultimate human trap, right? Where we're looking at achievement and success and we're correlating that to our ability to be happy, to be fulfilled, to be at peace, whatever our, our inner goal is. And, you know, I think I learned this year that if that's the case and you allow yourself to do that, you can potentially always be waiting. You could always, always be waiting because what we naturally do is we just move the finish line. Once you earn $100,000, well, then you start having $100,000 problems, which means you need to make $200,000 and so on and so forth. Once you find your partner, well, then it's about getting engaged and then it's about getting married and then it's about kids and so on and so forth. We're always going to set another goal that will then align our happiness to. And I've just realized, you know, I'm never one to say that, you know, happiness is a choice. Um, that feels rather cold and, and not empathetic to, you know, life that can be unfair to certain people. So I, I, I don't want to say that, but I have learned that there's a certain practicality to deciding I have everything I need right now to be happy. And I realized that this year, and I've just really challenged myself to say, what do I need to be happy? And do I have it? And in the majority of circumstances, it's yes, I do have it. And I'm just very motivated by the idea of I don't ever want to look back and say, like, I spent too long waiting to decide to be happy. And I just realized that this year, you know, we, we've got a lot more control in our inner life um, than than we assume because we're so inclined to attach it to our out, outer life. And, you know, I've just spent a lot of a time this year being intentional about saying I have everything I need to be happy. And here's why you can call that gratitude, whatever you want. But um, that was a big lesson for me this year. Definitely. And you said before, you know, author working on finishing book one, then starting book two. How does it make you feel to be at this point in your life where this is a, you know, part of the multi hyphenate, right? Yeah, it's it's wild, too, because I mean, I up until this time last year, so it's been a, a full year now, I worked a job. I, I worked for almost 10 years in advertising and, and sales. And that was my reality. That was, you know, that is how you define yourself, the ability to be a good salesperson. I was a regional sales a vice president on an advertising technology company. That was how I defined myself. It's, it's, I'm still wrapping my head around the fact that I get to make a living from what's in my heart and soul and, and creative output. And, you know, for me, that's writing books, it's creating music, it's making products, it's it's writing, it's creating, and it's a wild world to say that truly. Um, and it's such a departure from how I used to think of how I look, viewed success and fulfillment. Um, 
so it's amazing. It's amazing to be like, all right, what am I going to do today? And it's something creative. Like what a gift. It's not like, oh, I got to do this PL spreadsheet or I got to make 10 cold calls. Like I've done that and I have so much respect for that, but I get to do the opposite of that now. And it's, it's a crazy privilege and it's, it's so very fulfilling. Yeah. For someone who may find themselves in this new year going through a period of transition, maybe it is within a job or a career move, or perhaps they too are looking to relocate to a new city. You talked about how we identify. What advice would you have to anyone who finds themselves in that big period of transition? Yeah, I I think, you know, I talk a lot about like what my motivation is in life and how it's kind of um, evolved. Like I used to be someone you say, like, what do you want in life case? And I would say, I just want to be happy. And I think that's a great goal. Um, But it's it can be a very confusing goal because what is happiness? How do you control happiness? You can't. Happiness is the ultimate random thing in life. It's so many variables at play and you can make the decision to our previous point to be happy. But ultimately, there's a lot of things that are out of your control that prevent you from being happy. So I've kind of switched my goal in life from I want to be happy to I want to be proud of myself. That's Mm. big for me. And that's something that I can always control, right? The, the way that you say you're proud of yourself or not is likely about what you're willing to try. It's not always the result. It's certainly part of it. But in most cases, you're proud of yourself for the effort you put forth. And hopefully it gives you the result you want. But ultimately, it's, it's, that, it's that point of proof, which is your willingness to try. So I'm very focused on that. And I think when it comes to transitions in life, it's the ultimate time to push yourself, to be uncomfortable, to be awkward, to be weird through the lens of, am I proud of myself in this moment? And then you could take it a step further. I'm very motivated by the idea of regret in life, not as something to run from or be afraid of, but you know, it's this thing that you can never change. So the exercise that I encourage a lot of people to do is to look at yourself and say, what don't I want to regret? If you're in that period of transition, it's amazing. That means opportunity. That means you can go left if you've been going right and vice versa. It's amazing. Might be a good time to say, what don't I want to regret? Verbalize that as best you can and then start doing actions that align with it, actions that make you proud of yourself. And I think that transition will be really well served because you're you're really getting to the core of what makes you insert adjective there, happy, fulfilled, at peace, confident, whatever it is that you're trying to pursue. Yeah. Although you're, you know, now in this place where you get to wake up every day and be creative, you really feel like you're, you know, following your passions and designing this life. What would you say has been one of the most difficult hurdles that you've had to overcome in 2022? Man, yeah. I mean, I I will say not to harp on the practicality of, you know, quitting a job, but that has been that has been a big just mentality difference. Like not only did I quit a job, but I quit a career. You know, I I left behind a decade of building my network and Rolodex and skill sets. And, you know, I I led a team and all that kind of stuff. So I left that behind. But, you know, switching from, you know, corporate person to a solopreneur, artist, creative, whatever, however you like to refer to yourself, it's, it's a big mentality switch. You know, there's a lot more pressure associated with it. There's no guaranteed paycheck. There's nothing's guaranteed. Your ability to achieve is based on your ability to achieve. And, you know, <laughs> the great thing about, you know, the, the corporate world, you hear things like quiet quitting, it's because it, it's easy to make a living, get paid, you know, feel decent about yourself and, and not really stress yourself out. 
But when it comes to switching to something that is inherently one-on-one uh, solopreneur or, you know, that is the that comes from your heart and your soul and your ability to be creative, it's, it's just a different type of pressure. And I welcome it and I love it, but it's just different. It's very, I would say it's much more rewarding, but there's also a lot of pressure on yourself. And I, it took me about the first eight months of this year to really wrap my head around that and not beat myself up when I have a bad day or a bad month or I don't achieve something that I wanted and not think that, oh, I made the wrong choice or something like that. Um, so I'm wrapping, you know, still, still evolving through that, but it's just been a big mentality shift. But at the end of the day, it's just show me that the power that we all have to, to set a goal, to move towards it, to feel doubt, but to move forward anyway, despite that feeling. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of myself for that in line with what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget, uh, probably in the first year or so when I, went out on my own and I was freelancing. This is before I had even started the show. But I remember being in the back of my friend's Jeep going to the Hamptons and thinking to myself, like, if these checks that were supposed to be here last week don't hit my bank account within like the next 48 hours, like I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to pay my rent. And I'll never forget about that, like pit in my stomach feeling because I knew that I never wanted to experience it ever again. So these hardships and these kind of like awakening moments, they help us figure out how to become a better version of ourselves. Do you have any hurdle moments, so to speak, from this past year that comes to mind when you think about the lessons that you have been learning as a solopreneur? Well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, 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 it's been a whirlwind the past two years and then this past year in particular. I mean, I made some business mistakes this past year for sure. Um, like I, I started a, a brand this past year, um, which was it was a candle brand. And I'm still very proud of it. Uh, Unbothered.com. Um, and, um, you know, a lot went into it. I never launched a candle before, never manufactured a candle before. And I learned a lot. Um you know, kind of missed the mark as far as business metrics go. And you realize you sink, you know, six figures into something, you know, you can't just snap your fingers and get your money back. Um, and I, and I learned that the hard way I learned a lot about like e-commerce and, and, you know, business building and inventory and, and all, all the things that I didn't really have experience with before that I learned firsthand. And, you know, it's easy. It's, you make a mistake at work. You don't close a deal at your sales job. You know, you get up and you go to the next one, no harm, no foul. Cause you've got people backing you and you know, you've got, you've got that job, but you know, you sink money into something that doesn't work. You know, it's not like you just move on to the next one. You need to figure out how to pivot and, and do things right. And, um, yeah, and I think, I think I've also learned a lot. It's, you know, when it comes to solopreneuring and, and creatorship and authorship, you're always building for the future. Like I started writing this book that I'm releasing in January, I started writing this back in April of this past year. So, you know, it's a it's an eight month saga before you see a single cent when it comes to income. And you just really got to learn to believe in yourself. And that's a struggle for me, even though I'm the guy who talks a lot about confidence and self-esteem and things like that. I feel the imposter syndrome rear its head all day, every day. And um, especially in the face of, you know, you, you've got to build a product, you've got to build a book, you've got to build something for months before you see the the ROI on it. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've accepted that. And there's periods of time to your point where you're like, oh, man, if I don't get this or I don't get that, I don't know what I'm going to do. But you know, that doubt is part of the game. And, you know, I'm, I really like the word despite because you could feel all those things, but you move forward despite it. And that's always a reason, you know, to be proud of yourself. It's a reason that I'm proud of myself for continuing to move forward. 
in those moments when you don't feel so shiny and you are like trying to think long term, how do you keep showing up and stave off burnout? Yeah, uh, it's a great question because I'm not great at it. If I'm honest, <laughs> I, I'm always, <laughs> always working. And it's like even this book that I'm I'm done with now because coming out in, you know, four weeks, um, I'm already moving on to the next one. And I don't have to. I, I really don't have to. I should probably chill. Um, so I don't have a great answer. I, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on trying to find a, a better balance. You know, um, the thing that does give me some respite from that certainly is the ability to practice gratitude um, and journaling. Um, that's a big way that I could actually kind of audit my life. And instead of always focusing on the things that I lack or the things that I'm building towards, doing an inventory of what I have accomplished, I've done some great things this year, certainly, certainly, amidst the things that I haven't achieved yet. So I think trying to remind myself of, of that space, of what I've gained, of what I've learned, of what I, how I've grown, um, reminding myself of that does take some of the pressure off. And be like, you know what, I, I can take today off, I can take the week off, you know, I can, I can still accomplish what I want to do and be a bit kinder and gentler to myself. Um, so I think that'll always be a struggle for me. And I think it's a struggle for anyone who is type A or, you know, has that kind of hustle mentality. But I think balance, finding a balance that works for you is, is, is the key to, um, you know, not suffering burnout. Um, but I think it's probably the ultimate relatable topic for anyone who is creative or entrepreneur. Yeah. For, for that tip to reflect on some of your other wins from the year. I feel like that's probably something that many of us may struggle with making the time for, right? Especially in the heat of a moment when things aren't going as you'd hoped, it's easy just to let that negative talk sink in. So to get to a point where you're like, okay, things might not be going as I want them to at this moment, but like, let's just take a beat and remember, like, I am capable. I did X and Y and I am better for doing those things. It's yeah, it's it's, it's a gratitude exercise to do that. And also, like, I find a lot of a power in in like mindful logic. Like we're 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 very quick to be like, oh, man, things aren't going well. Like, oh, boy, like I am approaching a cliff or something like that. Right. Because we're very aware of like failures and missteps and delays. Right it's very easy to be like, you know, point those things out. And, you know, we can very easily say, man, things were going well, and now they're not going well. And it's very easy to find evidence to support that. And if but if that's the case, why can't we also apply the same logic in a very optimistic manner to the flip side of that? That is if like, I do this exercise a lot that if life can go from 100 to zero very quickly, right? Life can go from being in a relationship to being broken up with to selling a ton of books to not selling any books, right? 100 to zero. If we know that that is true and we have proof of that, why can't we believe that we could also go from zero to 100 just as fast? You know, who's to say that tomorrow can't be the day where you meet someone new, where you finally kickstart new, you know, new sales, where you come up with a brilliant idea like that type of logical optimism is what keeps me in the game when those negative moments creep up. And, and it's logically based because we could find we, we got to push ourselves, but we could find evidence to support both. We could find evidence that says, here's where life has gone from good to bad. We could also find evidence that says, here's where life went from bad to good. And why can't we focus on that instead of the negative thoughts, which are normal, which are natural. Um, so I find a lot of power in like an exercise like that. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about the sponsors for this series. First up, Whoop. January is 
here, which means that most of you out there have just started working on some sort of goal for 2023. Personally, in my toolbox are a lot of things, but one of my favorites is my Whoop. Now, Whoop is a fitness tracker that monitors all the conventional fitness metrics you'd expect, but also specializes in tracking personalized recovery and sleep data. Think of it as a coach on your wrist, providing you with detailed breakdowns of your sleep and recovery, along with how you can improve both. It also suggests personalized daily activity levels based on that recovery. Plus, Whoop just added a new feature called Trends, where you're able to see the progress you're making on a weekly and monthly basis. Whether you're looking to get in shape, improve your recovery or sleep or something else, Whoop makes it super simple to track your progress even during those moments where you get a little bit discouraged. And trust me, we all do. Start tracking your health, wellness, and fitness at a deeper level today. Head on over to join.whoop.com slash emilyabody to try Whoop out risk-free for 30 days, all for just the price of shipping. Again, head on over to join.whoop.com slash Emily Abadi to get Whoop free for 30 days. Also got to give some love to my friends at Future. I, gosh, I cannot imagine my life right now without Future. Future is a new way to get fully customized personal training that revolves around you. No matter what gets you moving, you'll find the guidance, motivation, and accountability to push beyond your comfort zone. Thanks to help from a trusted co-pilot. Now that co-pilot is your trainer, your trainer offering you one-on-one personal training without the one hour time limit and strict schedule. Whether you need tips on sleeping well the night before a race or nutrition advice after setting a new chest press PR, say that three times fast, your coach is ready to create a competitive edge wherever and whenever you're focused on fitness. And it all happens through the future app. It literally could not be easier. Start your 30-day risk-free trial of Future today. Just head on over to tryfuture.com slash hurdle. Again, that address is tryfuture.com slash hurdle. Personal training made modern, only on Future. When you look back on the past 365, have you adopted any new habits or routines that have really served you? Uh, actually, random ones um, that I'm still trying to figure out, like what the the big, <laughs> large, big picture impact has been. Like, uh, for one, finishing what I start. I've always been pretty bad at like starting a bunch of things and then not finishing them. And then also, this sounds really silly, but like not eating all my food, like leaving like a little bit behind. And I don't know (laughs) what it was about that. But this past year, I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, if I'm gonna, you know, eat a salad or eat a meal, I'm gonna eat the whole thing. Um, And (laughs) I just started to do that. And it's been, uh, it's been helpful mentality wise. And I don't know, it's such a weird thing. And I don't know why I thought of that on the spot. But you know, you think about like where pride comes from and self esteem comes from, it comes from doing the things you say you're going to do or at least acknowledging why you're changing your mind or why you're pivoting. You certainly don't need to start everything you finish. The, the greatest ability in life is to decide you no longer want to do that. But 
actually addressing that and holding yourself accountable for it. And I think this this past year, I think maybe it was, you know, moving in a direction of quitting my job and doing this, it just like supercharged my accountability for myself, which now that I've leaned into it has kind of supercharged my self esteem and my confidence because I hold myself accountable and I do what I say I'm going to do, even if it's awkward, even if it's embarrassing, whatever it is. And it's just really helped me lean into discomfort. Uh, maybe that's what I've taken from this past year. But um, yeah, I, I would say that's been really helpful for me. Have you tried to adopt another habit or routine that you just couldn't make stick? I mean, I've tried to be a morning person for years. <laughs> I've just never, <laughs> never had it work. Um, but maybe, I don't know, maybe Miami, <laughs> it'll be helpful. There's something about <laughs> trying to wake up early in Chicago that is just like, <laughs> it's like, it's not biologically possible. Um, but yeah, I struggle with that one. Especially in the winter. Yeah. I mean, talk about a major difference here. We're talking opposites, Chicago and Miami. I'd say that if there's a chance that you could be a morning person anywhere, it probably is where you <laughs> yeah. are now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you could do it here, you know, you could do it here. Yeah. So maybe that, maybe that'll be my goal. Uh, actually, I made it my intention this week. I was going to sit down and really start thinking about the new year um, and goals to set. Cause I was actually, I have, I brought with me my notepad that I wrote goals on from last year. And I, I always fall short of the goals that I set for myself. I always set them really, really monstrously high. And I usually do that on purpose, not to like disappoint myself, but just to like really think big. So I was looking forward to later this week, the sitting down, seeing where I fell short, but then doing what we're describing here of doing the flip side of that and showing showing myself where I did show up um, and using that to, you know, continue to show myself the value of discomfort and and falling short and and staying motivated. I think my biggest fear alongside of (laughs) uh, what I referenced earlier and regret is like, I never want to get comfortable. Like I want to be at peace. I don't want to be that person who is never satisfied, but I think, you know, getting too comfortable. I call that living in the gray of life, which is where you're just kind of going through the motions. Um, I never want to do that. I always want to find a way to push myself, even if it has nothing to do with business. It could be, you know, I got really competitive this year about, um, you know, rowing on the erg and what I could do in a 1K, just random things. And, you know, I want to set more goals for myself like that. When it comes to goal setting, you brought up this and obviously turn of the new year, a hot time to talk about it. Maybe not a best practice tip is like setting goals that are so big that you doubt that you can accomplish them. But what <laughs> advice would you bring into the mix uh, for anyone else setting goals now for 2023? Yeah, uh, that that's like a bespoke case, Kenny one. Not everyone responds to the same kind of. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't know if it's practical advice for everyone, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I admire the uh, I admire the passion and drive there. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I, I respond really well to like tough guy talk. Like, come on, like that kind of stuff. Not everyone does, so totally recognize <laughs> that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would just say in general, like we need a why behind goals. Like, why are you setting that certain goal? Why is it your goal? Is it someone else's goal? Are you setting it because you saw someone else do it and they're happy, or they appear happy, and therefore you want to emulate their happiness? I suppose that's fine. I mean, like, who are we to, you know, n- you know, not follow suit from someone else or not be inspired by someone else? But I think it really behooves us when we set a goal to have a strong why behind that goal. Why are we striving for that thing? Where, where, how does it speak to us on an individual level? I think that's really, really important. I mean, you talk to, to anyone, you need a why in general in life, uh, the power of why, of course. But I think practically when it comes to goals, goals that might be driven by metrics or numbers or accomplishments, cut and dry things, we need a why behind it to keep going. Otherwise, we're just borrowing someone else's goal and then 
maybe we accomplish it. And we're like, well, this didn't really offer me much in the way of happiness, fulfillment, whatever adjective it is. So I think it really benefits us to do that. Um, one of the, the, the exercises that I really recommend people do is it, I call it an exercise of I'm the kind of person who, um, and instead of setting, you know, arbitrary goals, like I want to be confident, successful, happy, you describe yourself with verb statements. I'm the kind of person who blank and you complete them with verb statements that would make you happy, fulfilled, confident. Like I'm the kind of person who does what they say they're going to do. I'm the first kind of person who volunteers to go first, so on and so forth. Set goals like that, or at least use language to describe yourself in that way. And I find that to be much more personal and gives you a why or you know empowers you to find a why as opposed to just you know setting goals because it's what you see on the internet or it's what you see other people doing. I love that because think of it like I'm the kind of person who volunteers to go first. It's like you can follow that up and ask yourself like what how would that make you feel if that's the kind of person that you were, right? So being able to bring feeling into that so that you can truly envision what it would feel like, what it would be like to be the kind of person that you're imagining yourself to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, a visualization exercise like that, for one, is really helpful because it gets past the superficial. How does it make you feel? Why is that feeling important to you? How does that feeling evolve you? So on and so forth. Um, and I think it helps take your power back because, again, setting goals like I want to be happy, you're going to that <laughs> life is going to threaten that goal massively. How do we come back to a place where we're where we don't allow randomness and bad luck and, you know, ill intent people threaten that will we come back to our power that's our ability to volunteer to go first to show up on time to do the little things to embrace awkwardness so on and so forth and you know we're talking a lot about the theme here of, of pride and willingness and discomfort and those are all things that we can control and i think our goals should reflect that amidst goals where we just you know throw our hands to the wind and say, all right, I'm just going to go for this. But I think doing that allows you to really hone in on the feelings that are important to you. And I think even if you're like, well, I'm lost, I don't really have a goal, I don't have a purpose. That's fine. That's, you know, takes a long time to find those things. But I think you focus on the things you can control and you actually do them. I'm personally delusional optimist, but I'm convinced they'll lead you to that thing or those things. Focus on the things that you can control. A lot of the time in your writing and on social media, you touch a lot on the concept of boundaries. For someone whose goal in 23 is to be better at upkeeping their boundaries, what advice do you have for them? Oh, boy. I mean, I, I would just come back to the, the one word that I think is the enemy of boundaries, and that's disappointment, right? The reason that we <laughs> we throw our boundaries to the wind, we let people mistreat us, walk over us, whatever it is, not necessarily big, bad words, but just situations where we don't have those boundaries in places because we don't want to disappoint people. You know, maybe we're people pleasers. Maybe we don't like confrontation. Maybe we don't like awkwardness. Who, who does? But I think we need to realize the power of disappointing people. I know it sounds weird that I'm like, you got to go out and disappoint people. But I think about growth in life. And, and frankly, I think about the idea of like, show me the receipts, right? Receipts or it didn't happen. If you're not disappointing people occasionally in life, I struggle to really see your growth, right? I think about my life, like the times where I've grown, I'm like, man, I grew through that. Like that was a clear uh, example of how I grew. It was times where I had to let someone down or disappoint someone, whether that was, you know, a relationship with someone or a business partner or a friend or something like that. We need to stand up for ourselves. We can say no and still be a kind, loving, compassionate person. And I think Sometimes the, the key to 
being like, all right, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do this, even though it's awkward, even though it's confrontational, is realizing that there's power and disappointing other people. And it's beneficial for both of you, right? You know, standing up for yourself means you're standing up for yourself, but it also means you're being honest with someone else. You're not biting your tongue because you want to avoid awkwardness. So I would say that just like try to really close your eyes and zoom out and see the value of a boundary. Um, and don't, uh, you know, shy away from the verb, which is necessary, which is disappointment. And uh, maybe, you know, try to put yourself in a position to really see the upside of it compassionately, both for you and whoever you might have to disappoint in your life. So powerful, that concept of knowing that saying no one time doesn't make you a bad person. I think, again, echoing your sentiments here about disappointment, we just, you know, we want to do the best that we can in our life to to seek and pursue happiness. And probably if you're a good person, you know, not upset others. So knowing that saying no does not firmly make you a bad person, that's a hard lesson to learn. But once you got it, you'll likely be able to better own the power of your own no. Yeah. I mean, no is such a, and it's a powerful word <laughs> to exactly what you said. And it's always going to be accompanied by self-doubt. Oh man, maybe I shouldn't have said no. What if I didn't say no? So on and so forth. But again, coming back to the theme that keeps popping up your pride. If you ever say no and uh, it was awkward or embarrassing or confrontational, it probably means you did the right thing. Because if it wasn't, that means you're staying in a comfort zone. And we know where comfort zones can lead you. So again, just trying to rewire ourselves to see the value of discomfort and see that as a foundation for being proud of yourself. And our goal, I really do think our goal should be proud of ourselves. And even if we're proud of ourselves, but we still have other things that we don't know, I think the more you hone in on doing things, saying things that make you proud of yourself, the more those other things are going to start to become more clear. You know, I think that the puzzle pieces will come together. What are you most looking forward to in the new year? Ooh, um, I would say, I mean, practically writing, like I've just fallen in love with the process and, you know, my ability to do that. I've kind of, you know, this, the past couple of years, I was really on the edge of who is Case Kenny? Is he an entrepreneur? Is he an author? Is he an influencer? And the answer is, I just want to write. I just want to share my love of certain topics with people. Um, and also music. I'm leaning much more into music for this coming year. So I'd say just the ability just to, to really be 100% creative case and um, to really optimize, optimize my life around that and to do it in a, in, a, <laughs> in a beautiful environment. I'm very, very much looking forward to continuing uh, to do that. Love that. All right. We've got a couple of rapid fires before I ask you the final question. We good here? Yes. So let's do it. Uh, first, favorite movie of 22. The only movie I saw, okay, the only movie I saw in theaters this year was that new murder mystery, The Onion, with Daniel Craig that was in theaters. Um, and I saw it over over Thanksgiving break with my brother. So I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> Is it I'll worth say, seeing? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I like a good murder mystery and it was clever and I got to see it with my brother and that was <laughs> my bonding experience. <laughs> what a cheesy answer. But yeah, I, I'm like, I don't really like do a whole lot of Netflix and stuff. So, uh, which is good. But uh, yeah, I'd say that. It's a good movie. Solid movie. Okay. Okay. Uh, favorite podcast you added to your rotation this year that isn't yours? Uh, I, I do have an answer for that one. Um, I would say uh, the this is random coming from me because you would think that I would say like self-development. I like listening to Andrew Schultz and f the Flagrant podcast. It's just okay. a bunch of comedians chopping it up. But I really like it because 
you have these guys who are comedians. They are there to roast each other and talk shit and not be serious. But it's really cool to see their ability to get serious amidst not being serious. And they're men too. And they can get really sensitive and real. So I just really like it. It just really inspires me that, you know, there's many sides to men and you could be an emotional, loving dude. And also, you know, um, you know, you could be in touch with your feelings and also be a man, man and a masculine man. So I really like that podcast. Any favorite personal podcast episodes that you'd recommend to someone who may be new to yours? Well, I'm on episode 451, so I've certainly yes. done a bunch this year. I, I don't know. I, I would say listen to episode 400. That was kind of my like recap for the year. And I basically talked about how I'm leaning into how my life feels instead of how it looks. Um, kind of similar to what we're talking about here. And, you know, that's a topic I'm very passionate about. It's episode 400. Episode 400. Okay. Do you have a favorite meal from the last year, either because the meal was absolutely delicious or the environment slash company was outstanding? Yeah, I would say, uh, I mean, I would say very specifically, there's a restaurant in Chicago called Sunda, which is, a you know, it's a sushi fusion place. And I'm a very simple eater. I'm like a mashed potatoes <laughs> Midwesterner. <laughs> But um, there's something special about that place. Like I've had so many like firsts there, like from getting into sales and taking clients there to my 30th birthday to all these different things. And it's always just been a, a meal um, that reminds me of like friendship <laughs> and growth um, and those things. It's just the smell of it. The, anytime I smell that smell, I'm like it just takes me back very nostalgic. So I would say the I would say that in particular, that restaurant, um, <laughs> that answers your question. Totally, totally. And then lastly, any like favorite online or in-person interactions this year that really stand out? There, I, this is just a, a random one that maybe answers the question. I was walking, I previously when I was in Chicago, I would walk around a ton. I lived downtown. I would take a lot of my little quotes around downtown Chicago on Wacker Drive. Um, I would listen to music and just walk around kind of as a, as a wellness tactic, but also just to get pictures and whatnot. And this one yeah. time, this past year, I was walking and this woman passed me and she didn't say anything. She just waved at me and, sh and held up her phone to me. And she was listening to my podcast as I walked by her. And um, I just thought that was a really a cool moment, particularly in Chicago, where, where I have a, you know, a large following. Um, but it was just cool to see the like to see real life and digital converge. I think it's very easy to, you know, sit online and make content and do this and do that and kind of disconnect yourself from reality. But it's cool. It's so cool to see my ability or anyone's ability to create something of value online and see it get out into the real world and have people, you know, truly benefit from it. So I would say that experience. And then, you know, definitely over the past year, I remember I did get one rather startling DM from someone who, you know, they, they were sharing their life story and talking about how, you know, they were on the verge of like hurting themselves and, you know, having these thoughts and they listened to my podcast and something I said at random and offhand comment, they, you know, they said it saved their life, which crazy, absurd thing to ever hear. But I think it just shows the value, not of me, it's not about me, just the, the, the value that we all have as regular people to share what's helped us. And we never know how it could help someone else. Even if we think it's such a basic thing, you never know how it could help someone else. So, um, you know, it really just inspired me to, to see the way that our words to our fellow humans can be helpful or not just helpful, but life changing in a positive way. So I'd say between those two human, those two digital to human interactions were just really inspiring for me. Yeah. And to that point, what you're saying, you never know uh, the timing of what you're saying. It could totally be something that I've said to myself a thousand times before, yeah. but to hear someone else say it at just that right time can totally make all of the difference. 
Yeah. That's why I'm not afraid of a good cliche nowadays. Cause I used to be like, Oh, I can't say, you know, a certain cliche on the podcast, but now I realize that there's truth behind cliche. And sometimes to your exact point, you've heard it, you've heard it 30 times, but that 31st time you're like, Whoa, and something clicks and it could be the same for someone else. So I, I really believe in that. Final question here, Case. Right now, you have an opportunity, knowing what you know, to offer yourself a piece of advice at the beginning of 2022. What do you tell yourself? I would say in line with what I'm really excited to release next year is just this idea of labels. We cannot give ourselves labels that are unfair to us. That a label like too loud, too quiet, too this, too that, those are labels that we have conditioned ourselves to think are accurate for us, but they really are not. And I think the second that we can learn to not give ourselves those labels is the second that we could actually truly step into what makes us great. You know, if we're like, oh, I'm, I'm too loud, I'm too extra, I'm too this, I'm too that, that's not our true selves speaking. That is fear of being judged. That's whatever we've learned in the media. That's pain that was given to us in the past. And I think words are so powerful. And the second that we just arbitrarily and as reaction robots assign labels to ourselves, that's the second we start to like dull who we really are and live in the gray. And I just think it really benefits us moving into the new year, just blank slate with the labels we give ourselves, both in our inner life and in our life, what labels we think other people are going to give us. And I think if we can learn to push back on those, we can really lean into what makes us great. I used to think I was too sensitive, right? Like, who's this guy writing quotes about love on the internet? But I've leaned into it and I realized that's my superpower. But if I had leaned into that label that I was tempted to give myself, that people have given me, I never would have gotten to this place. And it's just a word. It's just one word. And we do it so often. So I would just really encourage people, myself included, to push back on those words, those labels, and give ourselves ones that are more accurate, that really give us credit for who we are and what we're capable of. Push back on the labels. Case, so happy that we were able to reconnect again for the show. Tell us, how do the hurdlers follow along with you? What's the name of your upcoming book? We want all the info. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I, this is a great time, frankly. It can, kind of kick-started my own thinking about the new year and looking <laughs> back. So I appreciate it, Emily. Uh, yeah, so I mean, for me, Case.Kenny on Instagram, New Mindset, Who Dis Podcast. Uh, the name of the book is That's Bold of You. Um, and it's coming out in January. It's a book about being bold. Uh, shocker. So <laughs> very excited for that. And thank you so much. I'm Amped. I'm over at Hurdle Podcast and at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.